Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode, wherever in the world you're listening to us from, whatever platform you're listening to us on. Thank you guys so much for the support, the kind messages, and sharing this podcast with those who you know who would be interested in it. Got another really good one here lined up for you today. I know a lot of coaches who I talk to, and I think just coaches in general, really like to maximize the amount of exposure they can get for their program, maximize the amount of exposure they can get for their players and are always looking for ways to really make sure that their program is seen and that their players are seen. And, and I thought that that topic was one that, that was definitely worth dedicating a whole episode to because there's so many great things going on in, in different people's programs, including you guys listening. A lot of you listening have so many great players that you can spotlight and, and give attention to. And uh, I want to have that conversation so that you as the listener can take this and have just some ideas or just some new thoughts about how to get the most exposure for your program, for your players, and just highlight all the great things uh, that, that are going out there in the basketball coaching world. So really excited uh, to talk about this and really excited to have on the assistant women's basketball coach at Edmonds College. My guest today is Coach Sean Sims. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Doing great, Mike. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah, really, time. Really looking, uh, really looking forward to this one. Like I said, there's just so much good things that are happening out there with, with programs and, and, and players. And it's kind of like everyone is kind of vying to, to get, get their program or get their players seen. And it's awesome. And it's great. And, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your ideas, exchanging some ideas and, and, and seeing what, what you guys at Edmonds are, are kind of all about. So before we get into all that coach, let's go ahead and get started with your coaching journey. Where's the game taking you? Where's your coaching journey taking you and what led you to Edmonds? Yeah, no. So yeah, I've always played basketball, always been a part of basketball, you know, ever since I was a kid. Uh, grew up, five older brothers, everybody played basketball, so it's just kind of been ingrained in who I am. Uh, went to college in Mendocino College in the in the Bay Area, uh, and then went to Sonoma State for a little bit out there as well. Uh, and then after that, I went to Pioneer High School, started my coaching career, uh, at, and then, you know, kind of just veered a little bit and went and worked at a 2K Sports. Um, and at, at that time, it was a startup. Now it's a a huge corporation, gaming corporation, <laughs> um, but just, you know, never was too far from the sport. Um, so I did a lot of analytical work um, for 2K at that point just to kind of, you know, help them with that. And as I was doing that, I just kind of just, you know, fell back in love with just the aspect of, of being a part of, you know, just basketball again. And so I moved back to uh, the Seattle, Washington area, started doing uh, AAU basketball um, for Seattle Rotary Style um, out here, which is, you know, high-end uh uh, Nike um, boys team. Uh, so I was doing that. Then I started getting into training as well as doing the the rotary coaching. Um, and then, you know, my journey just, you know, I was doing high school coaching and everything like that. And then my journey took me to where my best friend, uh, Josh McLeod, was best friend since seventh grade. He had an opportunity to uh, take over the Edmonds college team here this past season. Uh, and, and he gave me a call and said, you want to jump on the saddle and get, get to work here um, and, and kind of just, you know, rebrand and, and, and get this team going in, in a positive direction. And so, of course, you know, what, what opportunity are you ever going to have to just to, to hang with your best friend every single day and, <laughs> and coach and empower women? You know, myself, I have uh, three daughters. Um, I have a 17 and 16-year-old. So, you know, these like I, I tell these recruits that I'm meeting with, you know, this is as much as, it's them, you know, us trying to help them on their basketball journey. It's them helping me as well as a father because my daughters are right at their age. And so I get to learn, you know, just talking with these girls, I get to learn a lot. And I take all those <laughs> tips and tricks back to being a dad. No, that, that, no that's great. That, that's awesome. And, and I really appreciate the, the passion, it seems, that you have for, for the women's game. I'm, I'm such a proponent of it as a girls coach yes. myself. And it seems yes. like that's something that, that, that means a lot to you. And, and, and I want to talk um, about... Then we're going to talk a lot about marketing and highlighting players. So let's kind of talk a little bit about basketball on the court, a little bit of X's and O's about what, what you like to run at Edmonds. Now, I know that we talked off air that you're kind of reshuffling the deck and you're, you're bringing in a lot of uh, uh, new players here coming in. But um, what, what, what kind of pace of basketball do you, do you and your staff prefer uh, to be yeah. playing out there at Edmonds? 
Oh, no. So Coach Josh and I, we're all about get out and go. Um, you know, we want to be a very fast pace, you know, 94, you know, feet, just full court pressure. Um, our goal, you know, is to get about 80 points a game. That's where we want to be. Offensively, we like the dribble drive offense. We're, we're big fans of creating isolations, um, taking advantage of mismatches, creating constant movement. Um, but the most part, you know, for us, we're, we're really big on player development. The reason why we're big on player development is so that when girls are in those isolation situations that they're able to, to take advantage of their skill sets. Um, and like I said, we're all about empowering our entire team. So, you know, if, if a girl gets into it, like if she's going, we're going to take advantage of it. If there's a mismatch, we're going to take full advantage of that situation. Um, you know, like a lot of the girls that we're recruiting are just athletes. You know, they're they're track stars. You know, one of our girls had a, a D1 track offer and she turned it down to come uh, to come play basketball at Edmonds, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's huge. Like they see the vision. They see that we're, what we're trying to do. Um, and it's exciting. And, you know, I, it, what really got me excited about what we're trying to do was actually watching the Las Vegas Aces and seeing what Becky Hammond's been doing with with that crew out mm, there. Yeah. Um, I feel like she's bringing a lot of that. And I hate to say it this way, but I just think what it is. I think she's bringing a lot of that men's style of play where it's just like, <laughs> you know, just get out and just go, um, you know. And I love it. And one of the local players we have here who played for the Aces, uh, Kelsey Plum, just seeing how she was able, her game was ever able to evolve um, underneath uh, Becky, opposed to with Lamb you know, Bill Lambeer, who was more of a that slow, methodical, let's get inside to Asia, um, you know, um, and, and kind of slowing the game down, Liz Cambage. Um, you know, I, I love what Becky's doing in, in Las Vegas, where she's just getting those, getting the ladies out, getting them running, getting them hooping. And the beauty of it is, we have a bunch of girls who hoop with the men every day at LA Fitness. Like <laughs> these girls <laughs> are, awesome. they're getting out and they're hooping, and it's just, it's going to be a beautiful thing next year. I'm, I'm excited. We're excited. So, kind of as a follow up for that, when when you guys are doing your recruiting and you're and you're looking at players, are you looking for players that have the potential to fit in that system mostly, or do you? specifically search out players who are in systems that are that are getting up and down and, and running the floor a lot? Yeah, no. So that's a great question. So for us, we're looking for the girls who have potential because, you know, I think you're really limiting your scope and, and you're limiting ourselves as coaches if, you know, again, we're really big on player development. So that's our – so we got to do our job. We have to develop, you know. So basically we're looking for those lumps of clay. Um, you know, we're looking for girls who want to evolve, who want to get better, who, you know, who don't have ego. You know, we want the girls who just who, who are excited to just come out there and play and learn and get better. Um, and so for us, it's like we're looking more for skill sets. You know, we, we you know, we're not looking for these girls who are very set in this is just what I do. This is what I am or trying to find girls that fit like this perfect piece. Um, you know, I think that's the beauty of basketball. It's like art. You know, no, there's there's no such thing as perfection, you know, out there. There, there isn't like that that perfect mold. You know, if you would have went back 15 years ago and looked at a guy like Stephen Curry and the way in which he plays, I mean, even look at Gilbert Arenas, how much he was shunned in the way that he would shoot the ball. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and, but now it's like Gilbert Arenas would thrive in today's basketball. Um, so it's like, let, let's be ever evolving. You know, let, let's, you know, let's break the mold. Let's have, you know, six foot girls who people would deem to be a center. Let's have them be our point guard. You know, let's let's just see what happens. Um, so for us, it, it, we don't look for, you know, ready-made. Um, like I said, I think one of our biggest benefits of who we are as coaches is the fact that we we spend countless hours in the gym. We're with our girls more than we are with our families, and so it's like, let you know. So we're, we're here to develop, and and, and you know, because then as much as we're asking the girls to evolve, we have to evolve as coaches as well. And I think a lot of that comes with the development, um, you know, on the court. And, and to follow up with that, I, I, I'm curious, so I'll ask you about how much of the players is it getting them out of their, their maybe their comfort zone because you see something in them and, and, and you have to kind of work through like any, any hesitancy or any yeah. like concerns or confidence issues if you're asking them to yeah. do things differently. Is there kind of like a barrier that you, you, you and your staff almost kind of have to push through, especially oh. if you're asking them to do something a little bit different out of their norm? Every time. And so we have our, the number one thing that we tell our girls is that, you know, we embrace failure. Um, like we are huge proponents of failure um, without, you know, for fa with failure comes success. Um, so the very first thing that we do is get the girls comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's that's our number one op uh, object. Uh, you know, the thing that we're, we're doing with these girls, uh, we play that there's this Will Smith um, video. Um, I play with play for girls all the time and it, it talks about failure. 
you know, it uses, and I love this analogy, it uses the, the analogy of when you go into the weight room, you're seeking failure when you're lifting those weights. Mm-hmm. You're seeking getting to get to the point to where you can't push anymore. Like that's what you're seeking. And that's what, that's what basketball is about. That's what getting life is about. It's about seeking failure to push yourself to those next results, to train your body, to continue to go forward and, and, and be able to do more. Um, and so if, like for us, I think that's always the biggest barrier with these girls is to uh, spend less time. This is one of the things I always say, let's spend less time focusing on the results and spend more time focusing on our progress because results mm-hmm. are very much either you did it or you didn't do it. Progress is constant. Like you, you can lose a game. Like my son played in the championship game today and they lost, but there was so much progress that he took from that game that in the end he really won. But if he was just solely focused on the result of it, I don't think that he would have taken the time to be able to recognize like the, the progress that he made. And then he's going to be able to take that progress and take it into his next game and continue to evolve. Um, so that's all, like, honestly, that's one of the biggest barriers from especially high school to, to college I, is I think these girls are already somewhat doubting themselves just because it's an, it's another level, um, whether it's JUCO, you know, D2, D3, NAI, whatever it might be, it's another level. So there's some, there's some form of fear, some form of doubt. And so getting them to move past that and to just be willing to fail. Um, and then once they cross that barrier, it's a beautiful thing. And, and just to kind of wrap up with that thought, is that something that you feel you can sense when you're recruiting somebody, if they have that ability to be okay with failure? Is that something that you can identify right away? Or is that something that you have to kind of test once they're in your program to see how, how well they handle it? Yeah. It's a little bit of both. Like for me personally, one of the things I love to do, now I, I love to go watch basketball. I love to go watch our recruits play. And I'm not watching for the spectacular plays. I'm watching for how they react to mistakes. I'm watching for how they react when things just don't go quite the way that they, they thought it was going to go. Do they do they, their eyes get big and they look like they're deer in headlights? Do, does their, their body, because one thing I always say that never lies is your body language. What is the body language telling me when things aren't going well? Are you sure. still high-fiving your teammates? Are you still, you know, running with the same energy that you had? You know, a lot a lot of just athletes in general, they have this thing where they wait for something good to happen to determine how their game is going to go. And I think that's probably, like, one of the worst things that you can do. Um, and so I, that's kind of, like, for me, that's kind of where I first start is just watching their games, watching their failures, and see how they react to it. Um, you know, that, that tells me a, a lot about a player. And then, you know, just having conversations with, you know, coaches, having conversations with the player themselves, um, talk about instances that have nothing to do with basketball when they might have failed, uh, whether it be something with school, something with life or, or whatever, and just seeing how they react to it. And then, obviously, one of the things that we always do when we're, we're fortunate enough to get girls on the campus with us is we do what, what we call those shoot-around with coaches. And we get on the shooting machine. Coach Josh, our head coach, he's a ridiculously good shooter. Like, he'll get on the shooting machine and make 20 shot, 23 deep threes in a row kind of a thing. So we play this game where um, you take two threes. If you make your second three, you just keep going until you miss. When you miss, the next person steps up. So it's always myself, Coach Josh, and the recruit. And, you know, no one's going to outshoot Coach Josh. And we know, usually we'll throw the recruit <laughs> behind Coach Josh. So you're shooting behind Coach Josh. He's made his two. Now, now he's made four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And you go away from being comfortable of knowing, like, okay, I'm about to shoot to being like, okay, when's this guy going to miss so I can – it's my turn. And then he finally misses, and then it's like, okay, now you get on there. I don't care if you make or miss it. For me, it's just about you can tell in the sense of, like, just where they're completely just like, whoa, this is too much for me, you know? And so then what we do is at that point, because it happens to all the girls, where it's like, I don't want to go behind Coach Josh anymore. He's too much. And so what we do then is say, all right, let's not focus on Coach Josh, but instead focus on that shot. Focus on why that shot's going left or why that shot's going right and make the adjustments. So that way, that tells us how you can handle situations sure. right there. It's like if you're able to jump up, jump all right behind Coach Josh, and then you start knocking down, you make three shots in a row, or you get four in a row, or you get some level where the shots are now online, you know, but it's just you're just missing. It, like for me, that as a coach, that tells me a lot about a player. Just we, we do little things like that where we mess with their minds. Uh, another thing that we do is uh, we'll put the girls three feet from the hoop, and then we'll go, all right, you got to make, you know, five swishes in a, in a row from the spot until you can move to the next spot. And, you know, you have to make five swishes in a row. And so, like, what happens with that is they'll get four swishes in a row, then they will tick the rim. I'm like, ah, it doesn't count. And then it just gets really frustrating. It becomes like a mental warfare type of thing. For them. 
Um, yeah. But it's just little things like That's that cool. where you, you just little test. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where you'll never kind of see that situation when you're even like watching like film or necessarily something like that. So to have like that little thing there and just kind of like see how they react. And, you know, I, I think one of the things uh, that, that could be like really difficult sometimes, and especially if you're working with players who are playing at the collegiate level is they're probably in, in some cases, especially when you're trying to teach them new things, like just so used to being successful and so mm -hmm. used to doing well that I'm, I'm sure in some cases when you're trying to get them out of their skill set or out of their comfort zone, it might be like one of the first times and maybe a very long time that they've been challenged to that degree. Yes. So that's really cool to see them kind of respond to that <laughs> level and kind of rise up to it. It's almost like a like a puzzle they have to solve in a way. That's really cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I know that you're really passionate about the idea of marketing and, and, and highlighting players. And that that's something that means means a lot to you. But I wanted to make sure that uh, before we even, we even got to that, that we we discussed what that meant to you. So the idea of, of, of you marketing and, and highlighting your players, um, let's talk about w what that means, kind of like how you do it, and then also why it's something that matters uh, a, a lot to you. So kind of hit you with all, all, all the questions there. Yeah. So kind of have you kind of set the stage <laughs> about what this means and uh, what, why it's something you're so passionate about. Yeah, so I'll start with my why. So, like I said, I, I coach AAU basketball, um, you know, leading up to this. And when I watch AAU basketball, I'm watching a game that's not about the players anymore. I'm watching a game that's about the, the coaches. It's about the program. Um, it's about a brand. Um, it's about parents, unfortunately. And I feel like the kids are getting the short end of the stick um, of it. And I, unfortunately, I, I, it's always been prevalent in the, in the boys' game, but I'm seeing it really prevalent in the, the girls' game as of late. So for me, when I took this job on, you know, I, as I said, work in Microsoft, and we're very, Microsoft's very much about branding. I work in Xbox. Like, the branding is, is huge. Um, and so I, I asked myself, like, what am I going to get out of this? experience what what, what what's going to be for me and what i realized is i want to put these young ladies out on, on, on out in the open and i want them to get the exposure and it's really as it sounds i want them to get the exposure over the school the brand itself over the name Edmonds. i want the players to be able to get that exposure because that's the thing that's going to help them get on to the next level because you know what, what i realized is there's just not that many eyes on this game um, on this women's game as much as there should be there just isn't there's a lot of really really talented young ladies who are walking away from the game and we're seeing it every single day when we're out here trying to recruit because they're not feeling the love they're not you know these girls have worked really really hard and due to you know everything gone, that has gone on with COVID you know these extra years that seniors are getting sophomores at the at the JUCO level it's really impacting a lot of these young ladies and so for me it was what can I do to put these girls, showcase these girls as, as best, as humanly possible as I can. So some of the things that I do um, is, one, when, when, it, when we're recruiting girls, I'll, you know, I sit there and talk with them on the phone. I, I'll hear, listen to them, listen to what they're saying. You know, we have, we have one player who is in love with Dennis Rodman. Um, <laughs> her, her guilty pleasure is that she likes Ja Rule. And so what I'll do is I'll, uh, you know, after we get done meeting with them, I send them a, a video that I create. And basically in this video, it's, you know, showing the landscape of Seattle and Edmonds, our area. Then I'll throw in a little two-second two clip of Ja Rule talking. Or, uh, you know, just it's just something just to, you know, kind of, one, get them, you know, excited about the program. But then when these girls actually do commit to us, we create graphics for them. Like, we create highlight videos for them. Like, we go out of our way to show, like, these girls more – Yes, it's about showing them love, but it's also about showing, sorry, you know, this, the day that they, they sign with us, it's like, okay, let's put you out there for these four years now. Let you, like, you know, we always say Edmonds isn't a destination. No JUCO is a destination. The, we are just tools and able to, uh, that are allowed to help these girls get onto their four years. So the second that they walk on campus, we're going to continue to market them as best we possibly can. And another thing with all colleges is like, what do we have to do? We have to fundraise. I don't want people to fundraise to Edmond College. I want them to fundraise to that girl that they 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 saw the video about and they saw a thirty second Q and A about me and they became attached to her. They like like I'm donating mm -hmm. to that girl, number fifteen, number ten. I'm donating to that girl because to me, I think it it just means that much more. We all can blindly give to a brand. We do that all the time, but 
when we're giving to somebody that we feel like we have a connection to, um, I think that's just special. And I think it's just different. Um, you know, these people come to our games and they pay to come see us play. I want them to have a connection to the team, but I also want them to have a connection to each player as much as possible. Because, um, again, I think it just means more. Um, you know, we really want to build this game, um, just the women's program in general. Um, you know, and, and I think it starts with us. I think it starts with us coaches doing things like, you know, we talk about the girls being comfortable with being uncomfortable. For me, like, we have to be okay with being uncomfortable with going outside of just what, you know, our job title says that we're, we're supposed to do. Like, we have to go outside and think outside of the box of just ways to elevate these young ladies um, to grow this game. Uh, because, you know, the sad part is, you know, the men's, men's side, I always say there's tons of Juco guys who think they're going to the NBA school, <laughs> you know. But on the women's side, it's like these girls are just kind of, you know, they, they don't have that, that, that fire, that passion, because I think that, that you look at it, you know, in regards to making it to the, you know, the WNBA, because you look at it, there's girls who got picked in the top eight in the first round who are out, didn't even make a, a roster, you know. And it's, so it's like that, so a lot of, you know, a lot of these young ladies are walking away from this game. And so it's like, how can I not only get them excited, but how can I also get the people, you know, give them that exposure and that experience that they deserve from everybody you know, within our community. Um, and, you know, like I said, we've done a lot of recruiting outside of our state, actually. Um, and so getting those folks back home, the ability to like just to see something special for their, their kids and, and the people that they've been watching for, for a while. It's really so you, important. So, so you're of the mind, and I, I, I do agree with you on this, that this is like a systemic issue, especially on the girls game in particular, where the players just aren't, aren't getting the attention that, that, that they deserve to be getting or, as you mentioned, a lot of the, uh, especially you said at the AAU level, and I think you said like the programs are the are the ones that are getting the attention, but not the players yeah. themselves. So was that kind of like the real the real driving force or kind of like the light bulb moment for that? It, it, or or were, were those experiences kind of not knowing a lot about the players, but just seeing a lot maybe about the programs if you saw anything at all? Yeah, I mean, even just within, you know, the, the recruiting aspect of it. It's like, you know, when we recruit high school girls, it's like, you know, we, we jump on field level um, and you might have some coaches who, who post their girls on there. Um, and, but not, and oftentimes you see a lot of times where the, where the young ladies are having to post for themselves. And like, and then, you know, some situations you have some coaches who give tremendous evaluations and then you have other situations where it's a one-liner. And so it's just like, for me, it was, that was my light bulb is to, I have to, my responsibility to these girls is to do whatever I possibly can to help them get moved on to a, a four-year school where they're getting their college paid for. And then the one day they're walking through the halls of Microsoft and they're telling me what to do. Or, you know, like I always tell my, I tell, I tell the girls like, that's, that's my dream. Like when I recruit a girl, I'm not sad if I lose out on a girl. Like you'll see, like I, it, I, I, I reach out to every girl that I ever lose out and they commit somewhere else. I say, congratulations, great job. I'm happy for you. And that's genuine because at the end of the day, only thing I'm doing is offering an opportunity. But, but my ultimate goal for all these young ladies we get to meet and their families is that they get school paid for, that they get to enjoy the college lifestyle, they get to get their degree, and then they get to you know have this great life. Like that, that's all, at the end of the day, I hope that's what all of us college coaches truly want for the for these young ladies and and young men on both sides of the game. Mm -hmm. Like it is just you know to, to be able like I think it's the most empowering thing to be able to offer somebody an opportunity to go to school. Like I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I mean it's just to give them the chance to, but like you said, you congratulate the ones that don't go to because they're still yeah. took advantage of that opportunity. <laughs> they're, they're just exploring that opportunity elsewhere, even though you probably would like to have them if, yes. great if you did have them, but they're, <laughs> but they're still getting that opportunity elsewhere. Now that, that yeah. that's great. So as, as we kind of think of like tangibly, so when it comes to like, okay, so if I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coach, I'm a, uh, whether it's a high school or college coach, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do things differently. I'm trying to market my players differently, mm -hmm. highlight my players differently. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, like everybody else. What are some of the things that I, as a coach, could do that you think, like, you know, a lot of other programs aren't, aren't doing those things? What are some things that you think could be posted out there on social media or could be out there? Um, is it just posting about our players in general? Are there things that more specifically you think that uh, coaches out there can do that, that can really kind of make their uh, players stand out more so than what's, you know, out there on, on most things of social media? 
Yeah. No, like, you know, one of the things that we're, we're in the process of incorporating on our side as well is just, you know, like I said, little 60 seconds, you know, just rapid fire questions with players, mm -hmm. um, with an individual player, like spotlighting those players, but don't just spotlight my, your best player. Spotlight every girl on this team, you know, spotlight every player that you have and, and, and take the time to create, uh, uh, you know, somebody that people can look to, um, somebody that, that they can associate with. I think that's one. Number two is, you know, I see a lot, like when I go onto high school Twitter feeds or high school Instagram pages, unless someone's like, you know, is committed somewhere, I really don't oftentimes see just day-to-day -day just talking about individual players. I see that, that this team has a game uh, tomorrow at, yeah, at five o'clock, but I don't see anything specific to the players in itself. Um, and if it is specific to the players, it's usually because they're the high score of the game and things of that nature. You know, I think that oftentimes leads to a lot of diamonds in the rough sometimes being overlooked um, where, you know, there's young ladies who play on teams. We've seen this a lot where, you know, they got multiple D1 players on their team. So they're, they're constantly overshadowed. But when you actually watch the game and you watch them play, you're like, this girl is actually really, really good. And, she, and if you if your coach isn't doing their due, due diligence in regards to recruiting, those are one of the girls that can just be overlooked really easily. So I think just shining a light on your entire team as individuals in any creative way that you can um, is huge. You know, little fun quiz things. You know, like one of the things that we're, we're doing with our recruits here is, you know, one of you know put a like show on Instagram. You know, uh, a little pop quiz type thing where the you know there's four answers and the question is which one of our incoming recruits uh, was the top, you know, the MVP for her volleyball team. You know, just little things like that, just things, you know, just to kind of teach people about your players and make them more human um, and just, again, just highlight and spotlight them. Another thing that we do is we record all of our trainings. We record all of our practices, all of our games. And so, you know, just throwing that stuff on there, you know, just, just throwing, you know, little cool little things on there. You know, the, the, the wave now for all these kids is TikToks, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that. Finding ways to utilize that. Um, just, again, I think for me, it's just about creating more content where it's less about just the, the, the brand of the, of the school and more about the, the, those who are, are carrying the brand. Um, like I said, I, I know it's easy to just focus on the brand as when you're doing your social media stuff. Because, you know, I, I see it. I, I did it a lot last year where it was just I was focused on the brand because it's easier. It's easier than trying to focus on 15 other, 16 other girls, individuals. But it's our job to put in that time to focus on each of these girls as individual and highlight and spotlight them. Because we never know what that connection can make. You know, it's like networking. You know, if, if someone doesn't know who this person is, they're very limited in what can be provided for them in the future. So it's our job to just spotlight them as much as we possibly can, find creative ways. And if anyone out there has additional creative ways, like, let me know. Like I said, because I, I truly mean this when I say, like, I want to grow this game. And it's not about one program, one team. It's like we all have to put in the work to grow this game. And it's, you know, and, and the main thing about it is to not just lump everybody into just one box. Um, and, and yeah. to take the time and separate everybody out. Well, I, I think one of the cool things it sounds like you're kind of getting at, it's almost like treating the players on your team like they're, you know, celebrities essentially yes. or, or making them feel like, uh, because, because they are, like it's, they're, they're part of something special. And I think sometimes we kind of lose sight of that, that, you know, the exclusivity of whether it's even like a high school, you know, ba girls mm -hmm. basketball team, like that is still something that has exclusivity to it, you know, like not everyone is a part of it sort of thing and make it seem like it's something um, like really, really important and a, and a huge deal. And I think that that probably in also has the effect of just helping build your program because you're really emphasizing like all of the great things that your players are doing and your players get treated really well and they get seen and they get shown. And I think by extension, that just helps kind of build your overall team as you're spotlighting those players yeah. yep i mean it's that's a thousand percent accurate um you know like, like i said for me it's really easy to just try to spotlight the team but it's like if you go back and look at 
like a perfect example is, you know, like I said, we inherited this team last year as Coach Josh took over. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was, you know, rough, rough sledding in regards to last year. And so for me, it was like, you know, we can sit there and just spotlight Edmonds as a team, or instead we can let people know about what's coming. And then as I started to do that, I was like, this has got, this has to be the future. This has to be what we're doing because talking about these individual girls is way more impactful than talking about, you know, the, like just Edmonds in general. Like the thing that got our recruits excited about next year was us talking about the girls, us talking about what we're trying to build. And so for me, it's like, like I want to continue to just spotlight that. And I, and like I said, I think I, we can do a much better job of just, you know, you look across in college basketball, like you, you see, like I, I, I'm a huge fan of the, the, the Duke um, Twitter page. Duke does a, if you look, go to their Twitter, like they do a tremendous job of highlighting players. Like you'll rarely see Coach K, you know, in, in any of their, their you know, the, the Twitter stuff outside of his last game or the build up towards it, or if he's breaking some type of record. Like you see Paolo Banchero, you know, you, you go through, you know, you go through the list and, you know, they have this cool little drone thing that they do and it's going through the, um, the school and, and to the basketball court and all that. And it's just, you see all the weight room and it's just all the players. And it's like, that's what, that's to me, that's what it's about. Like, and then, and, and I just absolutely love that. And I just want to mimic that as best I can. So you talked about the um, excitement that, that your players have. Uh, what, what other benefits have you seen with your program or even for your individual players for this work of being able to like spotlight them individually, whether it was said benefit, benefits for the players themselves and, and things mm -hmm. that you've seen them do or just for the, the growth of, of, of your program in general? What, what have you seen? Yeah, like so. One of the the, the the best things, and it's not official, so I can't go into too much detail. But <laughs> one of the best things is that we actually received an opportunity to play um, in an invi a Thanksgiving Invitational against the National JUCO, based off of the players that the, the uh, just the Instagram and Twitter response that we were getting off of the videos that we were creating for the, our girls. The excitement that was generated based off of our incoming players. Um, we're the only team in our conference that has this opportunity. Um, we'll also be playing uh, a D2 school in a scrimmage. Uh, you know, that's huge for us. We'll also be playing, uh, yeah, uh, we were working on getting an NAIA um, on, on, our, on our schedule. Like those types of things are huge because it, it creates that exposure. I mean, it would, not, it, it would not have been possible if it wasn't for these girls' talent and being able to, how easily it is to market them. Um, because otherwise we just would have been another NWAC team, you know, that, uh, that, that national JUCO would have overlooked and wouldn't have thought twice about putting on, in, into their invitational, but they're actually excited to play against us. They're actually, you know, a team that went 30 and one is excited to play against lowly Edmonds college because of the way that we've marketed our players and they're excited to see what we're, we're bringing to the table. And like that type of stuff to me, is just, it's awesome. It's cool. Um, and, and so for just things like that, that's cool. The other thing is just the buzz that's being generated and created within, you know, our area right now. Like we, me and Coach Josh, we went over to the softball game watching the softball and we had parents coming up to us talking to us like, we see what you guys are doing. We're so excited. We can't wait for you guys to build this program back up. Um, you know, it's just a passion. We have a great athletic director who loves women's basketball, who's a huge proponent of women's basketball. Seeing, you know, like I said, just the excitement that's, as being generated for these girls is beautiful to me. Absolutely beautiful. And even though it is, from what I'm gathering from what your responses are, it is, it is a little bit of work. It, it seems that once that excitement gets going and once you started to kind of like lay that groundwork there, one, once the excitement builds, I feel like it just becomes so much more like infectious to want to keep doing it and want to keep, yeah. you know, spotlighting all these things and highlighting all these things. And even though it is, and, and I'll let you speak to this, even though it is a, a bunch of work in terms of, you know, kind of putting some of the content out there and, and posting it, it doesn't seem like a lot of the things necessarily require you know, advanced, like, like skills with like technology or like no. these really like uh, intricate things that are going on. No. It's just like these kind of like little creative things that once, once you kind of put the work in, like there's, it's, it's fun to do, but it also um, just, just really 
shows all of like the cool things that your players are doing and your program is doing, but it doesn't seem like it's something that's like necessarily complicated to do. If, if, no. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, you're, you, you hit the nail on the head. So is it, is it time consuming? Absolutely. But I, I lay in the bed, I'll watch some shows with my wife and I'm sitting on my computer and, and, I'm, and I'm putting all this together. So that's our quality time together, <laughs> you know? Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's, it's not that difficult. Um, and what, and if you're passionate about what you're doing, it's super, it's, so, I, I can't explain to you how rewarding it is to receive a, a call from a player or a text from a player just with, or their mom, you know, one mom telling me that she was in tears after seeing the, the video created for her daughter, you know, like that type of stuff is like, take away the whole, the marketing aspect of it. Just realize that a lot of these girls haven't even had someone take that time to show them appreciation, to show them love. And at the end of the day, you know, that especially we're, we're you know, two male coaching staff with uh, one female uh, incoming assistant coach. Our job, like if we are here, our job is to show empower these girls, these young ladies, because our job is to have them walk out of this school knowing their worth, not doubting their worth, not worrying about needing uh, another person to to help them stand like. And so for us, it's like, let me, like, like when I, I tell these girls, I make these videos and, and make, you know, make the graphics for them. It's like, this is you. <laughs> I, you know, when, when I show the graphic of, you know, all these accolades, state champion, 3.9 GPA, I didn't do that. I just typed it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm, not the, I'm not the one who did that. You did that. I'm just amplifying what you did. When I put those highlights together, I didn't, I didn't do that crossover move. I didn't do that back to the basket spin. That's you. I'm just amplifying what you did. And so I think just that, that, that sense of appreciation that comes from that for me is the ultimate reward. And then, you know, I show my wife, I show my kids the videos beforehand because I got to get their approval. And <laughs> when I show them, like, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's cool, dad. Or, you know, baby, that looks good. <laughs> and then, like I said, you know, so it's, it's rewarding. Um, and again, yes, this is about marketing. But also, like, to that part of it, just knowing how you're able to touch a young lady to give that person confidence, like, to, to make them see themselves, to start to see themselves in a different light and to continue to build upon that. So when they walk away from the school, they're leaving a stronger, more empowered woman. Like, that's the, that's the win. Nope. Like, that's marketing. Like, like yeah. it doesn't get better than that for me. I get the sense and I see it too. And I'm, I'm getting the sense from our conversation that overall in looking at the landscape of girls basketball, as somebody who is a girls basketball coach myself, it feels like there is a big uh, self-confidence issue within our girls game right now. And there's, there's, there's a lot of um, girls who, as and you have mentioned this before, who don't feel empowered by the game or the game hasn't really empowered them or made them feel necessarily uh, maybe the most positive or maybe even given them the most positive experience when even if they are being successful and that that seems to be something that maybe could could be overlooked and I think and I think it definitely exists on the men's side as well but I think that it just seems like this might be a national, if not greater issue where, where a lot of our women just, just don't feel like they're either their voices are being heard or as individuals, they're not having as positive of an experience with basketball as they, as they maybe should. That's kind of like the feeling I'm yeah. getting overall. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and for me to not put coaches into a box, mm -hmm. one of the things that I've heard from a lot of the recruits that I speak to is that, you know, a, this past two years in our world has been very stressful. It has been very, you know, there's been a lot of letdowns. There's been a lot of just really tough, you know, situations due to, to COVID, pandemic, you know, the, this, this lockdown, um, seasons being lost, games being lost. And I'm hearing when I talk to a lot of these girls that, you know, these coaches that they have have been really in the just like, you know, whether it be musical chairs with coaches coming in and out during their high school careers, um, whether it be, you know, coaches dealing with the higher level of stress. Um, and I just think that, you know, we have to find ways to nurture, especially young ladies. Like we have to find ways to, to understand that they are different beings, that they, 
we need to show love. We need to show compassion. We need to be understanding. Um, you know, one of the things that we're incorporating, um, you know, shout out to uh, William Payne and his podcast. Uh, there was a, the women's coach from University of, uh, of Denver um, that, that was on and, and they were talking about, um, you know, providing mental days for their yeah. girls each week. And it's like little things that you just don't think about, but it's like, yes, like we have to understand that like these times aren't normal anymore. Um, and the, and the girls that are on our campus, they're the ones who have suffered the most right now, um, because they've had, you know, their high school, you know, missed out sophomore junior year of high school. Um, you know, they've had seasons and games canceled. They've had these, Oh, we're going to start back in, in, in June and we're going to get going. And Oh yeah, yeah, never mind. No, we're not. Yeah. Um, of course. They've, they've, and so it's like, for me, it's a lot about, we have to stop what we're doing and realize that these are still kids. These are humans. And we have to take a step back and just be, show compassion, show love, because these kids are going to fall out of love really quickly with it. Another thing I said, I'll say about that situation as well is I also, and I experienced this on my own end with the AAU side, due to COVID, you know, the dates and times in which you know, we were able to actually go live in the live periods, not this past season, but the season before was drastically condensed. And I think it was irresponsibly done where they were trying to fit a bunch of basketball in a year's worth of basketball into four months. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of players in general just became mentally drained because it's like, okay, we do this four months of, of playing nonstop tournaments. We're traveling every single week where it used to be, we would travel maybe once a month, twice a month at most. Now we're traveling every single week. Um, and if we're not traveling, we're playing in tournaments. And if we're in, in, and we're being asked to pull in multiple different directions um, and, and everything else like that. And I think just mentally, you know, these players have been, they've been through a lot. Like, like it's, I don't envy any of these kids, like, for what they've had to go through. Um, and so for us, I think it's just a lot about just showing compassion um, to, to lead with our heart opposed to our ego. Um, you know, when it comes to this coaching stuff, like, you know, if, you know, a girl walks into the gym and, and she looks down, you know, don't berate her, pull her to the side and say, hey, you want to talk? If she doesn't want to talk, it's okay. Like, do you want to be here at practice today? Because if you don't, it's okay. You know, and, and have that be okay. Understanding that every player might need a mental day, might need a day to themselves uh, to just, you know, where they can just focus on them and it's okay. So, yeah, that's, that's, for me, that, that's, I think that's kind of some of the issues. Well, and, and I think to add on to that, and I, I completely agree, it's, it's, it's also important as, as coaches, and, and I know a lot of coaches do a really good job on it, but I also know a lot of coaches are kind of looking at their program like big picture, and they're yeah. trying to rush to like get their program back on track. And it's so like yeah. you said, trying to fit in what, like two years worth of work and, <laughs> you know, six months because of all the time that they lost. And it's, it's really quickly to like, burn players out and i and i think that sports or um in in general could be one of those things that you know over the past couple of years players can kind of go on the fence on if they have all these other things going on in their life and these other things happening like basketball can just become like a burden and, and just become like a chore and just another thing on their list that they have to do because of how stressed and yeah. potentially tired they are from other things so kind of circling that back you know really especially now like you said to take that time to market and highlight players and because not only is it's do they deserve it and they should be highlighted but also like it's it's like you said right it's been a rough couple of years for them so having these things highlighted and being able to like share what they're doing like it's it, it probably now more than ever could probably mean so much more to them yeah i agree a thousand percent yeah so what do you think high school coaches in particular um, can do it's I know it's a I know it's kind of similar because at a JUCO you're also you know really want to make sure your players are, are, are getting the exposure and, and all the cool things about them so they can potentially move on uh, after Edmonds but um, focusing on, on high school coaches in particular what, what advice would you give to those listening and I know we have a lot who do uh, for things that maybe they specifically can do if they have players who they know have the the ability to to potentially play at the next level what are some things you think they can do to kind of help their players get seen or or get noticed and i'll, I'll start with that first one there yeah i think the number one thing um is getting all your 
getting those players that you identify in the recruiting service uh, side. So, um, you know, whether it be field level, NCAA, like one of those, like just one of those recruiting, you know, avenues, make sure they have a huddle, make sure that they have, um, you know, just, uh, you know, on their Twitter, you know, I, I know, these, I know every kid wants to have a Twitter and they want to follow their favorite uh, musical artists and they want to follow, you know, they, mm -hmm. they want to post all this crazy stuff, but make sure they have a professional Twitter account as well, um, where it's just about themselves as athletes. And I think we have to help them uh, with that type of stuff where, you know, when you go on their Twitter page, you see, you know, the, the, the link talks about, it takes you right to their, um, their, their huddle page and, or it takes you right to their field level page. And then, you know, it talks about the year that they graduated. It talks about their position, their height, their GPA, um, all that good stuff. You know, getting players to recognize the level that they want to play at and, and then go follow those types of programs that they want to um, be a part of. Uh, follow the, the training staff, follow the coaches, follow the administrators, uh, follow the athletic directors, um, follow everybody you possibly can um, to kind of create that, that network. Another thing that I think is... Um, overlooked a lot is making sure those high school players have filled out their financial aids, uh, get, get financial aid taken care of. Um, because one of the first coaches are questions that, that that's always going to be asked is going to be around financial aid. What does that look like? Um, you know, and just helping these girls. Cause again, that opens up more doors. Um, but you know, for me, I think that's just, it's huge. You know, like I said, that the field levels and, and, you know, making the, the highlight tapes, you know, uh, uh, a key for highlight tapes, you know, that, that I've learned is either instrumentals or make sure it's a clean version. Um, don't <laughs> don't have it don't have it be a distraction. Um, you know, I you know I've seen that a lot um, as well. Um, but again, like I, I think a lot of these tools you can work with the especially at the high school level. I think you can work with the player and their family to help build that marketing aspect uh, of it for them. Um, you know, like I said, if you have. If you have games and, 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 you know, get the clips, you know, cut it out and then, and then post those coaches. We love it. I can't, I, you know, when there's a girl that I'm recruiting and she's in, in, in my recruits on field level, I, and I, and I go and I look, and I see she has a new video for me. I'm like, Oh, this is exciting. And I think, well, oh, I hope no one else sees it. Yeah. Right. I get it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think just, you know, those are, those are huge things. And, you know, Talk to all your players, too, about the levels of basketball. One of the things that I see a lot happening is girls want to play, and I think it's the same thing with males as well, uh, the boys players. They want to play at the highest level. I want to play D1, regardless of what that actually means to me. I can Maybe I can go get that D1 offer, but I'm probably not going to touch the floor. Is that really where you want to be? You know, like – like talking with your players to understand what what's more important to say that you're playing at a certain level or saying that you're playing at a level in which you you're out there on the floor and you're playing and you're growing. Um, you know, I think that's one of the, you know, the hardest parts about coaching at a JUCO is that a lot of these kids here JUCO and they, they immediately turn their nose to it because that's just traditionally what you do. And it's like, no, like if you really look at the JUCO level, it's beautiful. You get to go get your associate's degree, the same class that you would go take at University of Washington, all these other schools, Central, mm -hmm. all these schools that you would go to, you get your, your, your associate's degree. And now you get to, instead of you just taking that one, in, that lonely D2 offer that you had coming out of high school, where in those situations, you're not able to pick and, like, you got to have options. If, if the only option I have is this D2, but I really don't gel with that coach very well. I, I don't really like yeah. that philosophy or they don't have my major but I just got to take it because I have to take this best offer. Go to Juco, go to Juco <laughs> yeah. for one to two years. And now you got five or six offers on the table where you can actually look, take your time and find the actual fit for you. And now your game is at the level where it's a fit for you. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that it's like, like you said, it's, it's, it's what, and, and I've had this conversation with other coaches too, before when they talk about the college experiences, you know, what, ultimately is that is that player looking to do because of as we all know there's not a lot of players necessarily that are going to go go pro so what are they trying to go to college for mm -hmm. you know what what is their overall like college experience going to look like and to kind of plug uh 
the, the Ed, Edmonds College and, and colleges <laughs> similar to that. I think that by having an experience like that versus like at a D2 or even at, you know, a D1 where they, they might not touch the floor is probably a lot, it could be a lot more personalized for them, that right. experience, having that like smaller experience and, and they, they won't necessarily get uh, drowned out in, a, in yes. a huge university, especially in the basketball side where they can be more of like, you know, local, <laughs> local yeah. celebrities and local mm -hmm. stars, right? Because they're in the yes. smaller environment and, and people get to know, I feel like people get to almost know them more on a personal level, but I, but I, I know you can speak to that. Yeah, no. And, 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 and that's, that's, that's absolutely what it is. You know, you know, we have players who sit at, at Edmonds again, like I said, we, that people are excited and they're buzzing about and, and no disrespect to, you know, the situation, but if some of these girls were going to hire D2, you know, going to D2s, NAIAs, I, I don't think that the excitement would be the same uh, for them. Uh, they would just be another face within the in the crowd. They're, they're great players, you know, but it's just like I think that's the beauty of coming to somewhere like Edmonds is to where you 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 know to it's any of these JUCOs is the fact that you know you are that you're in a good situation to where you can continue to thrive. And what I love about it is you know one of the hardest transitions academically for a lot of these kids is you know you go from high school to college and you're sitting in an auditorium uh, as a classroom and you know, the beauty of a place like Edmonds is, you know, you're, you're sitting in the classroom with, with, with 30, 30 kids. And so you can still have that intimate relationship with your professor as you navigate this new lifestyle. Because now, mm -hmm. you know, you step on campus in September, that's basketball season starts September. We're practicing in September. It's not like high school. There isn't, you know, there isn't this, this two minute pause and then basketball <laughs> season, you know, actually ends, you know, mid-March. And then once the season ends, we're right back at it. We're, we're going again. And, you know, one of the, the hardest transitions for our, our players are academically is going from that in that winter quarter, because it's like you're, you're, you're finishing up finals in the, in the, in the winter uh, and you got these tournaments, these games and league yeah. play starts in January. And there's just a lot of tax, a lot of demand on you. And so being able to do that at the JUCO level kind of slows that down a little bit so you can start to build that muscle memory in regards to being able to manage all of that. And then now you go take that skill set as a sophomore or junior to that four year. And, and it just sets you up so much more for, for better success um, to where it's, you know, you're already kind of matured into understanding time management. I mean, you, you can do a whole podcast on time management. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you just have to. Like with JUCO, I think it's just, it's a beautiful avenue because it, uh, one, it, it kind of, like you said, it, you still, you're a big fish still um, here. You know, there's lots of opportunity here still. Um, and, and like I said, and it's it's a lot less of a business um, at this point. Yes. You know, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's just about, it's honestly, it's about the kids and it's about the game. Like, you know, for, for Josh and I, it's like, we're, we're in a situation where we both have full-time tech jobs. Uh, like, you know, like I, I keep mentioning and it's like, so for us, this is a passion that we have. That's like running through us. This isn't a business to us in no shape or form. Is this a business? This is about us being able to help, you know, these young ladies move on in their lives and us being positive black males who, who they can look to and, 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 and say, you know what? Coach Sean believed in me, you know, Coach Josh believed in me, and I believe in myself. And I have this strength and power that I didn't know that I had. I have this voice that I didn't know that I had before. And like I said, for us, that's the, that's the win, man. Like, that's the win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard. And I think one of the hardest parts sometimes and and is, not, is for me, and I'm sure maybe for others listening, is we get so – caught up with uh the, the program itself and, and and the team aspect of things and you know the the team being bigger than the individuals that I know I've I've definitely lost sight of <laughs> the individual players themselves and, and really just been focusing on the overall team and overall like the bigger picture and bigger concepts that I think one of the I think one of the nice things about dedicating that time and spending that time uh promoting and talking about all the cool things that that your players are doing is that it really does force you as a coach to make sure that you don't 
just focus all of your time necessarily on the big picture on the program, but you really do make sure that you're giving that attention. Because I know for me, if I, if I didn't do that, or I didn't, you know, block out time to make sure I'm, I'm promoting my individual players, I know that time could get away from me. And all of a sudden, maybe weeks or months could go by. And I haven't really been giving that attention or spotlighting those players because my mind has just been so focused on, on big picture. And, and I think that it's kind of one of the things that, um, hopefully that's not done intentionally by coaches where they're always just focusing on, on, on the program. But, um, it, it feels like it's definitely something that could get away from you if you don't dedicate the time to it. And then all of a sudden players might go in and out of your program. You're like, Oh, I never really took the time yeah. to really promote them. Then time yeah. just kind of got away from me. Yeah, no, I mean, and, 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 you know, for me, whenever I'm recruiting with a young lady and I'm talking with their family, I'm talking to them. Like my biggest thing is to make sure nothing I say is BS. And, you know, so when I, I'm telling, you know, we all, you know, everybody has their spiel, the way that they, they talk to people. But for me, it's like, I just want to make sure I always remain authentic, authentic in everything that I say. So I got to hold myself accountable to where if I'm telling a girl that I'm going to, to do this, that I follow through with that. Sure. Um, and it, it's not lip service because I think, that's what leads to a lot of, you know, unhappiness and, 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 you know, when you're making promises to, to individuals and you're not able to live up to that. One of the things that Josh and I do, I don't care. We don't care how good you are as a player. We tell every single girl, there's nothing guaranteed at all. As far as playing time, the only thing that you're going to find that's guaranteed is that we are going to love you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to push you um, to, to, to be the best version of yourself that we can. Um, we are always going to be supportive of you, whether you're in our program or not in the program. Um, our program, we're always going to have your back. That's 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 our guarantees. And so just staying true to that. Um, so for me, those times, like I said, where I, I might feel personally, like if I might feel tired or worn out and, and not wanting to do something for our individual player because I just want to relax or go to my son's basketball game, I think about that commitment that I made to those players as well. And, and I find that strength um, to, to get that done. Uh, because, again, one thing that I want people to be able to say about me is that I always kept it real, always kept it 100. If I said I was going to do something, I did it. Um, and, and, you know, and always to be, you know, a key word for me that I use in my life is just being consistent. Um, and, and so, you know, that for me, it, it's really important. But I also understand the other flip side of it. Like, life happens, Right. Um, you, like you said, you can lose, lose track of time. Um, and then next thing you know, that, that, that player is out of the, you know, is, is getting out of the program. Um, so it, like I said, it, it's really difficult at times. One of the things I do for myself is I, I do have a calendar. I follow that calendar. Um, in that calendar, I, I, I say, make sure I spotlight this person or make sure that I'm reaching out to this, this recruit today. Um, make sure I'm reaching yeah. out to this player today. Um, just those little reminders, um, and what I've learned is, especially when it comes to, like, that player connection, little touches are great, man. Just, like, just, just <laughs> hey, how's your day going? You know? Yeah, like, something that's just real, real simple but means a lot. Real simple. What I've realized is I like to talk a lot. These, most of these girls don't <laughs> like talking a lot. <laughs> you know, mo yeah. most of them, you know, like, they just, you know, hey, coach, how's it going? It's good. You know, how's your mom? Mom's doing great. All right, well. You know, if you need anything, you know, we're here for you. We got you. Thanks, coach. I appreciate you. And a smiley face. And, and they, they, their, their bucket feels full, you know. And, and that was, a, you know, one minute worth of, of text messages um, to where, you know, your player feels that, you know, you truly care. Um, and, you, and you yourself, like, feel like you care. Because also in those one-minute conversations, you could find out things that you might not have found out about a player. You might find out something that's going on in their life. They might start to confide in you because yeah, you were absolutely. consistent in their life and there's someone that they could trust to have those conversations with. And again, I think that falls back to our responsibility as, as being coaches, um, you know, to these young ladies. Yeah, that's awesome. Coach, yeah. to wrap up, there's a couple of questions I ask every guest. So I'll go ahead and start yes. with this first one here. Um, thinking back on your coaching career, what is a moment from your coaching career that you think others listening would be able to learn from? Yeah, I think... For me, I, I think, you know, going back to our, our, our previous season that we just had, um, you know, just staying in the fight. Like, you know, there's going to be there's, – there's moments, there's peaks and valleys um, with coaching. Um, and there's, 
you know, like I said, especially dealing with this COVID situation and, and all that, like, you know, it was very difficult last year where, you know, games were being canceled, um, you know, players were struggling mentally and everything else like that. Players were struggling physically because their bodies were being pushed in in ways that just it hadn't been before. Um, we're, you know, we're shutting them down. Then we're like, all right, everybody back in the gym and we got a game next week too. Um, you know, just all that type of stuff. So just for me, it's, it's a lot about just staying in the fight, just staying there. Uh, you know, there, there's going to be times like these seasons are long. Um, there's times where you feel like you can be losing your team. Uh, just stay connected. Um, because, you know, one of the things I always learned is that it's never as bad as you really think it is unless you ignore it, you know? So it's like being able to, you know, identify when you start to see a leak and, and be able to try to, to, to cover that leak up, to be able to, to make sure that everything is good, um, to, like I said, spend time with your players and get, get to know them beyond just being basketball players, get to know them as people. Um, you know, I, I feel like some of the best relationships I'll, that I, I have is just from getting to know players um, and, and just getting to know their families and, and who they are. Um, so for me, like I said, I think the biggest takeaway I've, I've had of recent is just staying in the fight, even when things seem really, really dark and, 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 and to not ignore, um, you know, when, when, when you start to see like things sprouting out, but instead attack them head on, but attack it in a way in which it's not negative um attacked in a way in which it's 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 not you know you trying to be you know combative but more sure. so just attack it in a way of just with love um and understanding um and, and as i think it goes a long way yeah i completely agree and it's it's been hard i know these past couple of years sometimes to do it but i think that those i think you can really tell those programs and those coaches who really did like you said stick through it these past couple of years i think their programs and the experience their players are having now is probably um, just going to be that much better and that much great because of the, the perseverance that those coaches had and, and, and really just staying connected. And like you said, just kind of pushing through it. It's, it's been rough, but uh, keeping that energy up and keeping those spirits up, I think, um, is, is, is really done a lot. And, and, and I really commend all those coaches who've been able yeah. to do that. Awesome. Absolutely. To wrap up, yeah. Coach, I give every guest what I call a 60-second <laughs> soapbox, kind of your platform to get out a final message, a closing thought, just a closing idea you want to leave the listeners with. And don't worry, I'm not timing you. So you can go over <laughs> 60 seconds too. So no worries. But I'm going to give you the floor and I'm going to let, let you kind of take it from here. All right. Awesome. Well, if you heard me talk, you'd know I'll probably go over 60 seconds. That's all no, good. I'll try my, I'll try my best <laughs> no not to here. <laughs> um, so for me, I wanted to leave with uh, this acronym that we, we go by here at Edmonds uh, going forward. And the acronym is HERE. Um, and for here, uh, us, here represents, um, you know, our, our team and what we're trying to do. So the H stands for humble. Um, you know, for us, we want young ladies to be to come to this program and be humble, be willing listeners, be willing learners, um, you know, to come into this situation, not feeling like anything, you know, like they're, like they're, they're the greatest things in the world, but just, you know, just come in just humble. Um, e is that they're encouraging you know, the, that they're encouraging others, they're encouraging to themselves. Um, you know, the, if a teammate is down, they're picking them up. Uh, if, if, you know, just just to come in just with that positive, just encouraging attitude in the way that they handle themselves. Uh, the R is, you know, being respectful, um, whether it's with your coaches, um, whether it's, you know, with the referees, your teammates, um, your teachers, everything, just being very, very respectful. Um, and then the last E for us is evolving. Um, that's huge. You, I think you heard me say that earlier in the podcast, uh, the word evolving. Like for us, it's just being constant growth, like constantly trying to better yourself, um, you know, and, and, and to me, like that's huge. And when we talk about here, yes, you know, initially you'll associate that to basketball, but we also associate that to just life in general. We feel like you should always be humble. You should always be encouraging. You should always be respectful and it's always be evolving. Um, you can have the most talented team out there, but we, for us personally, we feel like if those characteristics right there are missing, then you're not going to find success. Um, and so, again, like for us, like that's that's what it is. So here, you know, humble, encouraging, re respectful and evolving. Um, so that's that's just kind of like for me, um, kind of the acronym that we go by. I encourage all coaches to create something like, a you know, it's kind of like their own little mission statement, something that they want to hold their players accountable to. Yeah, I know it's cute to make it as an acronym, but just make sure you always have something 
uh, to where the girls can just tie to or the, the young man can tie to. Um, and like I said, for he, us here is important because here also represents being present, mm-hmm. being in the moment. And that's huge for us. Well, I hope you don't mind if I if I wrote that down and uh, <laughs> and, and, my, and my, my, my look at that. Hey, and, and also another another cool thing is on, on slogans and having acronyms is they, they kind of go well on shirts and things like yes. that too. So, Hey, you know, it serves that purpose too. So no, they absolutely do. That, that's awesome. Uh, coach Sims, I want to thank you for spending some time talking about Edmonds college, talking about the, the work you and your program does Juco marketing, highlighting players, spotlighting players. Uh, we, we covered a lot here, so I appreciate it. It sounds like you guys got a great thing going. Uh, best of luck to all the new recruits. I know you got coming in next year. I, I know you'll, do a great job with them and, and, and continue doing the great things you're doing. Thank you so much, coach. Really appreciate it. Thank you, coach Mike, for this platform. Go Tritons. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. This was another edition of the basketball teacher podcast. We will see you guys next. Thank you for listening to another edition of the basketball teacher podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.